1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Hello, everyone. This week is um quite an unexpected busy week for the royals, isn't it? I mean it's all happening. Like the
0: Queen, we've seen the Queen, we've seen Edward with Honestly, I take a deep breath, Royal communities. There's a big jam-packed episode coming your way. Christmas is definitely over, right? <laughs> They are back to work, that's for sure Welcome to all of our lovely new Royal Community listeners that are listening right now And thank you so much for all our returning um, listeners And thank you so much to everyone so far that's gone over to Kofi And has given Rachel and I a cup of coffee It means so much to us, thank you so much for doing that If you want to give us a cup of coffee, (laughs) as a little tip to say you're doing a great job or whatever, <laughs> you can do that at uh, K-O-F-I and search Keeping Up With The Windsors or the link is in the show notes. How is it over on Instagram, Rach? Is things popping off because it's been a busy week? has
1: been a very busy week, hasn't it? Yeah. So we've had people messaging us, asking us about certain things that's happening with the platinum jubilee we will have an episode coming up very soon about what our plans are and what is the actual breakdown of what's going to be happening every single day so stay tuned for that because that's coming very soon yeah and it's hard isn't it rach because we we want to do this
0: episode so badly about the platinum jubilee but we're still waiting on some uh, details to even come
1: out even though we've had so much there's still more to come like party at the palace we haven't even we don't even know who's performing there's no guest list nothing nothing's been announced yet i know that the ballot opens next month in february so Woo, we're gonna obviously be applying fingers crossed but if not we're gonna be on the mall anyway it's gonna be a party it's gonna be a party <laughs> <everyone>. <laughs> if we
0: are not there we'll be there somewhere in london having a, a right royal knees up for sure so
1: royal royal ruckus, royal ruckus.
0: Uh, so let's get on with the royal roundup for this week we've got a jam-packed uh, show for you so let's get going with the royal roundup
1: so the queen arrived at sandra this week and usually she goes for christmas and stays until the anniversary of her father's death which is the 6th of february and also her accession day and we are actually going to cover this more in next week's episode because I think maybe something will be posted about it because it was obviously be 70 years
0: yeah it'll actually be 70 years so I know we're going to be celebrating platinum jubilee in June you know her accession day like you said was the 6th of February I heard someone say oh I wonder how she's celebrating unfortunately that's the the anniversary of her father's death so that's a poignant day it's not a day for celebrations i find that quite a weird
1: thing isn't it yeah i think she'll just spend it quietly at sandra maybe with some of her family members but i don't think we'll actually see her i'm expecting a post at least on the royal socials so yeah we'll keep you up to date <laughs> Rachel, Edward made it to the socials this week. woo (laughs) Finally! (laughs) Yeah,
0: but he was on Twitter and Instagram. Like, what is going on? They've listened to us. That's what's going on. They've listened. I know. Thank you so much to the Royal Social Media team. Okay, so let's talk about Prince Edward. His first engagement of 2022 was given a reading at the evening song service at Deep Breath, the parish church at St. Peter's and St. Andrew's in Windsor. This was to celebrate, right, their 800th anniversary.
1: 800th anniversary! You know me, I love a church. I love a church.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then later on in the week, as vice president of the Commonwealth Games Federation, the Earl of Wessex visited Birmingham and met with the organizing committees and volunteers where he heard about the plans for the opening ceremony, which will take place in July. Yeah, we did see him um, quite recently outside Buckingham Palace with the Queen as the uh, the torch was lit, wasn't it? And it's at the moment going yeah. through
1: the Commonwealth country. So, Commonwealth you know, beacon. Yeah, the beacon. And we also had a post this week on the Royal Family Instagram um, that the Duchess of Gloucester has become a patron of the Cathedral Music Trust. And the trust supports cathedral musicians, choristers and choirs In need and provides grants and education programs to young people and communities. And the Duchess is known to be a supporter of music and the benefits it provides. That was lovely to see her on the socials this week, wasn't it? It was so nice. And I think because obviously we aren't seeing much of the Queen at the moment, that they are bringing in other members of the family. And these family members do work, but it's not always reported on because obviously the Queen is. The most important one. She's the (laughs) Queen Bee, right? (laughs) Obviously. Let's move on to the Duchess of Cornwall then. Camilla hosted a reception
0: at Clarence House to mark 50 years of the Refuge charity, which supports women and children facing domestic abuse and offering them a safe place and specialist help. Now, in a speech, Camilla said, Let us use it as a milestone to galvanize and inspire us all towards a world where women and children can live in safety, free from fear this is such an important thing, isn't it? And I love her work with, um, you know, any type of violence towards w- women and children. It's it's kind
1: of like a real staple in her patronage years and her work, isn't it, Rach? Yeah, and I think you, we have spoken previously about, you know, obviously Charles has the Prince's Trust and Catherine has the Early Years and William has the Earthshot Prize. I really hope that In the future, Camilla has her own initiative and it is something to do with supporting women because, like you said, that's what a lot of her work involves, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Camilla then visited Bodleian Library at Oxford University which is over 400 years old. Wow. What, all, oh, I mean, come on, like, I know we live in England, but all this history. <laughs> we should go to this lot, are we allowed to go? Do we have to be like members of the Oxford University to go? I don't know, but Camilla must have been in her element. Books galore. You know? I bet you any money she sung that song with the, <laughs> like, Beauty and the Beast. She had to. So, she toured the conservation studio where specialists work to restore antique books and preserve the collection for future generations. And then in the afternoon, she visited and opened the newest wing of the Botner Institute for Musculoskeletal Science where she unveiled a plaque. <laughs> yeah! We had a plaque this week. I'm so excited. She was busy that day. She did lots of engagements. Busy. Camilla's always busy. Come on. <laughs> okay.
0: So we spoke last week about how Prince Charles, patron of the Holocaust Memorial Day Trust, has commissioned seven portraits of Holocaust survivors to be displayed in the Queen's Gallery. Well, guess what, Rach? They were displayed this week, actually yesterday. And did you see them? They were amazing. And I just loved every single yeah, one of them. Absolutely amazing. We did mention last week, there's going to be a BBC um, documentary on the seven uh, portraits that's been commissioned. That's actually happening tonight. So we haven't watched that yet. But I'm sure we'll talk about it in next week's episode. What I loved about this is, firstly, what the royal socials had written um, on uh, on their post and it said whose work will serve as a reminder of the horrors which one day will be lost to live in memory and you know what I forget that in time this will be history to people it feels like history to us but we also have people that we potentially know or have known it's their living experience but as we get older That won't, we won't have those people to actually come into schools and talk to us, or, you know, it'll just be a memory. It'll just be a museum to go visit. And we can never, ever forget the horrors. We can never, ever stop being reminded of the Holocaust. And this is why it was so important. Um, And everything to do with the Holocaust is important. But I just love how this patronage for Prince Charles just solidifies that education further. And I found a little fact out, actually, Rach. Did you know that the Queen was patron of the Holocaust Memorial Day Trust when it started up in 2005? And she was patron until 2015. And that's when Charles took over and he's been patron ever since. Oh, I didn't know that. I found it really interesting. It's such an
1: important thing to be a part of, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I saw some of the videos that were posted and... I still to this day, I I can't believe how these survivors just went on to live, you know, an everyday life. Yeah. There was one woman in particular that Charles was speaking to and she actually showed him her tattooed ID number that she had when she was in Auschwitz. And that just really struck a chord in me, like to think that that that's been on that woman's skin since she was a child. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. And just the horrors that she must have seen. And I just, I just can't comprehend it. And like you said, it's just so important to remember, isn't it? And, and it's so, so great that we have patronages like this that the royal support because it does bring a more awareness to this subject. It should never, ever be forgotten. And we should learn so much from
0: what caused this so we can never ever happen again ever happen again what I loved was there's a video of Charles and Camilla meeting the Holocaust survivors and it was so interesting because not only are you meeting the survivors you're meeting the the artists who drew their portraits and Charles said to the, one of the survivors Do you quite like it and she was said well I've got to say yes because he's right there <laughs> you could tell she really liked it but it was just like such a lovely interaction and there was another survivor there talking about how he was friends with somebody in the camp and they've been friends ever since so they got liberated together and they're still friends today and it was just like wow "Wow, I know and there was another gentleman talking about when he got liberated he came to Britain he he received a letter a couple of months later this lady thinks that she may be his mother and to ha- if you can can you have a look and see if you've got a burn mark on your wrist and what your date of birth is because that's what my son had and it turned out it was his mother and he thought she oh. died in the holocaust and he- and she thought he died in the holocaust it was like oh, don't. i know Rach, don't. Rach. honestly <laughs> I- i've been crying all day doing this research But we will find more out about this um, when we watch the documentary this evening. So we will let you know more about that uh, royal community. And if you have a chance, just have a look at the videos that they put out with Charles and Camilla on this engagement. It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing.
1: We had support on the Royal Socials for our Scottish Royal community celebrating Burns Night. And this is a night that celebrates the life and work of Scottish poet Robert Burns, who wrote over 550 poems and songs in his lifetime. And Burns Night is celebrated with a supper of haggis, neeps, which is a swede or yellow turnip, tatties, potatoes, and plenty... Of whiskey. Of
0: course, plenty of whiskey. Not just that, Rach. We then, for our Welsh royal community, that's me included, <laughs> we were celebrating Saint Dwerwen's Day. Now, Saint Dwerwen is the Welsh patron saint of lovers. Ooh. So basically, in essence, Rach, it's the Welsh Valentine's Day. <laughs> so this Welsh patron saint of lovers lived in Bracken Beacons National Park in the 5th century, and the legend has it That although she was beautiful She was very unlucky in love And so she became a nun But she prayed for others To find their soulmates And have much more luck in love Than she did And I really like that Prince Charles highlighted this With his harpist Playing a Welsh love song Tra Budai As long as to remain Is what that um, translates to But guess what Rach? I've never heard of this before Ever (laughs) (laughs) You need to find out more About your culture love Never heard about welsh valentine's day but there you go you learn
1: something new on the podcast every single week and for our australian royal community we were delighted to see pictures of the queen visiting australia to mark australia day and this day is observed annually on the 26th of january and it marks the 1788 landing of the first fleet at sydney cove and raising of the union flag by arthur phillip following day's exploration of port jackson in new south wales so we do have some listeners in New South Wales, don't we Michelle? <laughs> yes we do, we do. So happy Australia Day to
0: all of our Royal community over there and happy Burns Night to all of our Scottish Royal community and happy St Dweller Wednesday to all of our Welsh Royal community. <laughs> it's all going on. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But that's it for our Royal Roundup. Take a deep breath because we are moving into the Cambridges. They've had so many engagements which we're happy about. And we're going to move on to Prince Andrew's update on the civil lawsuit in America. So let's get going with the royal news.
1: So we found out that William will be visiting Dubai in February. So stay tuned for all the upcoming engagements of the podcast in the upcoming weeks. And talking of William, he was holding vestiges at Windsor Castle and a very famous Poirot actor was knighted, Sir David Suchet. And Yay! The... <laughs> Sorry, I'm such a massive fan. <laughs> I know, I just love the moustache. Like, I love, I absolutely love Poirot. How cool Poirot. Fair, I... <laughs>
0: Mon ami! Mon ami! Mon ami! <laughs> I was so happy when I saw that he was
1: knighted. I was just so happy. And the Queen's Gallantry Medals awarded to the initial police responders at the Leicester City Football Club helicopter crash. And also, not forgetting, 102-year-old magician, Henry Lewis, who was awarded an MBE for his services to fundraising and charitable causes. And he even did some magic on the socials. Oh, I love this. I love this so much. You could just tell it was his passion, couldn't you? It was so sweet, this video was. I absolutely loved it as well.
0: Yeah. What was also very poignant about this um, investiture in particular, when William was giving out the Queen's Gallantry Medals to the two police officers, he knew the the the, um, the chairman who passed away in that crash, so it was it was like a very personal thing for William to be thanking them for the work that they did during the crash. So um, yeah, it, it was one of those bittersweet moments
1: I think with the investitures for William. And what I like about these investitures is, you know, obviously they do honor actors, musicians, but it is everyday normal people that are inspiring their communities, helping people and just doing a great job. And it's just so lovely to see these people recognised and rewarded in this way.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. And remember, Royal Community, if you have anyone out there who you think deserves to have one of these medals, then just nominate them for one of these awards, because it means so much to the people who receive them. Righty-o, Rach, we saw Catherine on an engagement uh, visiting Give Us a Shout, a mental health support and resources charity that provides a 24-7 text messaging service for children, young people and adults now for all our uk royal community if you want to use this service i thought i'd give you the text number it's 85258 so if you or you know anybody who needs mental health support at the moment text 85258 and uh, shout is there to you know always give a helping hand i guess they was celebrating taking one million conversations. One million Rach. That's wow. probably gone. That's probably gone up quite a lot throughout the pandemic. Absolutely. Now um it said that those one million conversations were with 386,000 people so 386,000 people have used that service and they also found that 4 in 10 of the texters were seeking help
1: for the very first time which I think is remarkable did you see the video where Catherine met a young boy yes and he camped he out camped for out. 65 days a year and i was like oh <laughs> and she was like Honestly. wasn't it snowing last year he was like
0: yeah <laughs> and the thing was he wasn't in a tent he was on a hammock he was doing oh. this a ha- like what a trooper absolutely this amazing boy, well, he wasn't
1: he's not a teenager he's a young lad isn't he Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, he said he had like a tarpaulin
0: over him, like um, a cover. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Whilst Catherine was there at Shout, she met with volunteers at the charity and it was just lovely to see some of the videos going around of her having these conversations, like you say, with them. I'm sure he was a
1: scout. Didn't he have a scout uniform on? Yeah. I also read an interview with someone who works for Shout and he actually made a point of saying that this isn't a photo opportunity. He was like, we have met William and Catherine several times throughout this year, whether it be in person or on Zoom. Um, And they actually care, like they actually listen and they want to help in any way they can. So let's not forget, even though we're not, even though we might not see them, with these organizations, you know, week in, week out, they are talking to them on a regular basis. Yeah. The further along we've looked into their patronages, we see such a massive theme
0: of addiction and mental health and homelessness and, you know, children's development. And that's really come in for, for both the Cambridges, actually. But I think it's because they're super passionate about those things as well. You know, you could just feel the passion that comes through them. And that's the reason why their patronages and their Initiatives are so well chosen, right? We've now got puppy and baby gates. Are we ready? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were when we were researching, we was like, What should we talk about this week? And we was like, Did we talk about the puppy in last week's episode? <laughs> because that needs a slot on the royal news <laughs> surely. <laughs> and we was like, Puppies, the Cambridges, what more could you want in a photo of, right? <laughs> So at the start of the week, both William and Catherine were together in Lancashire visiting Cliff Road Community Hospital meeting staff to find out their experiences with the pandemic and strain on the rural communities. And then they met 12-week-old therapy dog Alfie, who was just absolutely adorable. Oh, I did uh, let out a little scream. <laughs> it was one of those things where Alfie was licking William's face and then Catherine said... "Um." or our dog, she'll be able to smell him. So we've not actually seen a picture of their dog since Lupo passed away. But I've got a feeling because her brother James breeds Cocker Spaniels, that it is most probably a Cocker Spaniel, isn't it? Yeah. Um, But this was an adorable little cockapoo, And it was so cute because on the socials, on their stories, it said, um, who does Alfie like more, Catherine or William? (laughs) So
0: I actually voted for Catherine. I don't know why. (laughs) I was like, I've got to vote for Catherine. The one thing I thought was, did Catherine's dresser know what colour Alfie was going to be? Because he was exactly the same as what colour that she was wearing, her outfit.
1: Very colour coordinated. Super adorable. What's not to love? We got the Cambridges, we got puppies. Yeah. And obviously the photos that were making the rounds on all the newspapers, the front page was of Catherine holding the puppy. William was out of the shot. He wasn't even in the shot. It was all Catherine. (laughs) Okay,
0: so as if we couldn't get enough of the Duke and Duchess holding an adorable puppy... They next visited the small charity Church on the Street, where Catherine held adorable three-month-old Anastasia, and she's the daughter of the Church on the Street's reception manager, Trudy. And it was so lovely, I think, this interaction, because uh, Catherine, you could just see she just picked the baby up, like, yeah, <laughs> I've got the baby. She's like, you know, I'm having a little cuddle. And William, they all looked at Catherine. But, uh, William said, don't you give her any... <laughs> what <did> he say?
1: <laughs> yeah don't put any ideas in her head (laughs) (laughs) and then what was brilliant about it is was when Catherine was holding the baby Trudy um you then heard Trudy say oh can I ask you where you got your boots from (laughs) ma'am and Catherine was just so engrossed with this baby she didn't obviously hear her and then Trudy actually said it again and then she was like oh I, I don't know I really should know that <laughs> oh, you don't know Catherine because you have a stylist <laughs> like, isn't it? it's not like you're out on the high street is it picking out your own outfit <laughs> it's Sarah, love yeah <laughs> but it was just such a normal like women you know women meeting each other so it's like oh i like your boots where'd you get them from by the way you know yeah. it, was, it was one of those things wasn't it so let's give you a bit of, of backgrounds on church on the street so it is a charity located in one of the most deprived areas of burnley in lancashire and across the northwest and it helps people suffering from homelessness addiction and mental health and Pastor Mick founded the charity, which brings support and community to the local area, especially those who have fallen through the cracks of conventional support and People in need can get their hair cut for free, have their nails done, and they have access to things like hot showers, food, clean clothes, health support, advice, and care. I honestly have been following this on the BBC for a while now on the BBC News throughout the pandemic and customic he deserves it he deserves a knighthood honestly he he really does the people that he helps there was a story about a mother that had passed away and a young boy and you actually saw the young boy talking to william you know it was one of those conversations where william actually said himself you know i lost my mother at a young age like it does get easier like obviously you're never going to forget but it does get easier and there there was a clip a few months ago of Deacon's mum's funeral. And oh uh, it, it just it honestly, I, I I don't I just can't believe the resilience of some people, like what these people go through. And when I say this is a deprived area, it is for the UK, it is mm. you know one of the poorest areas in the UK. Um
0: and also William had said to Deacon to never stop talking about his mum. And I just I just love that. They're from very different walks of life but they've had the same life experience as in a life tragedy like that happening to them. And regardless of how much money you have or don't have, it's still the worst thing that could ever happen to you. And William was there as like, almost like a big brother kind of influence with, with Deacon. And what I loved about this engagement in particular is, When Catherine and William sat down at the table with Deacon and I don't know who the person was that was sitting with Deacon, you could tell he was very shy and very actually like withdrawn william just started talking about football to him you know the president of the fa he just started talking about the the football team that deacon loved which was burnley and like what was their goalkeeper and you know all these you know things i have no idea i don't know football (laughs) but it really broke the ice and i think that really tells a lot about the Duke and duchess of cambridge first of all royal community i cried i cried doing all of the research for this today Honestly, it was just so heartbreaking and heartwarming in equal measure. But what I loved, and I'm going to pop this in the show notes, is on the Church on the Street website, they've got a blog. And they actually wrote a blog post about their engagement with William and Catherine. And so I thought I'd just tell you a little bit about it. But if you want to read more about it, I'll I'll pop it in the show notes for you so you can read it. They actually said that William and Catherine stayed for one and a half hours on this engagement. Because sometimes we see engagements and it looks like they've just popped in and popped out. they yeah. in, in for five minutes. But what was really lovely is knowing that they were there for one and a half hours. And they had a tour of the hub, the clothing bank, the counselling room, the nail bar and the food bank. And they also then were sat down chatting with people um, at the cafe area. And what I love about um, Church on the street is the fact that they've got more locations in different places in the Northwest. So they started in Burnley and now they've become bigger. And I completely agree with you, Rach. I think Pastor Mick, he should be nominated for a knighthood. Absolutely. What he's done is remarkable. Um, He calls it Faith in Action because they are a Christian uh, faith um, charity. And it's all about giving support, Um, you know, with, with the Christian message behind it. I have to say, it's probably one of my favourite things they've ever done. I, I love this engagement so much. It was so important.
1: Yeah, I, I hope that they can... I hope that the Cambridges can work with Pastor Mick in the future because, like you said, like his work is so important. The whole charity's work is so important. Yeah. But sometimes it just takes that one individual to help another and for that person to change someone's life. And that's exactly what this man has done. So if Pastor Mick ever gets his
0: knighthood, we hope he does then we will have a little podcast party for him. <laughs> Woo! Podcast party to me! Woo-hoo! Um, right, so we've gone from one amazing engagement into the update of Prince Andrew. So, right, OMG, let's take a deep breath because we're changing the mood a little bit because Prince Andrew has demanded a trial by jury. So, as we're recording this, we're recording this on the 27th of January yesterday which was the 26th a 11 page legal document was submitted to the court in new york now it's right into a u.s judge by andrew's lawyers the state prince andrew hereby demands a trial by jury on all causes of action asserted in the complaint now in this document were the first official denials from prince andrew of the claims being made by virginia Dufresne in the civil case In this document was 41 denials in total, such as he did not have sex with Virginia Dufresne, that she wasn't necessarily trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein. He also states another 40 times that he lacks sufficient evidence to be able to admit or deny certain claims. Now, one of those claims was the photograph of him with his arms around Virginia Dufresne, With um, Ghislaine Maxwell in the background Taken at Ghislaine Maxwell's house You know that famous uh, picture I'm sure we've all seen Yeah Now he states that this photo could have been doctored Or couldn't be sure if this is a picture of a picture of a picture He also states in this legal document That he wasn't close friends with Ghislaine Maxwell This document is Prince Andrew's way of saying I'll see you in court. This does mean if it does go to trial, that he'll have to stand up in court and be cross examined. And I mean, I don't know about you, Rach, but this just seems like it's going further and further down the rabbit hole. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially as we know how badly <laughs> he feared in the Newsnight interview. Let's give a little bit of. Um, What's the word? A little bit of a to and a fro, and let's be the BBC on this. (laughs) Because in a statement, David Boyes, representing Virginia Giuffre, said that his client and legal team, I quote... Look forward to confronting Prince Andrew with his denials and his attempts to blame Miss Jufre for her own abuse. Speaking to BBC News, and I did get this off the BBC News website, US lawyer Lisa Bloom, who represents a number of Maxwell and Epstein's accusers, claims that this is a PR move, saying Miss Jufre had already asked for a jury trial. She said Prince Andrew's request was meaningless as it was Miss Dufresne's constitutional right to have a jury trial if she asked for one. So what what are you thinking about this, Rach? What's your
1: first initial thoughts? So let's back up a minute. He he states over 40 times that he lacks sufficient evidence to be able to admit or deny certain claims. Yet he remembers going to a pizza express in (laughs) Woking. Like, come on, Andrew, you can't pick and choose, you know? (laughs) Yeah, It's honestly, it feels like this man Is just digging a hole And it's just getting bigger and bigger And if he keeps digging it He's not going to be able to find a way out I mean legally we have to say He has denied every allegation
0: That is being put to him you know The one thing that just reeks of weirdness Is in the Newsnight interview He said he was friends with Ghislaine Maxwell And he wasn't friends with Jeffrey Epstein To um, distance himself And now he's saying, no, I wasn't friends with Ghislaine Maxwell. He's basically trying to distance himself. When from all of the photos, from all of the engagements, from all of the um, connections that he has, he can't state that's just a business thing. Because when you're not close friends with someone, you do not bring them to a private royal residence in Balmoral, which is so, so private. Only close friends would ever go
1: there. That's my own personal opinion, by the way. That is my own personal opinion. And he does know that the lawyers and the legal team can look back at the Newsnight interview, right? He does realise that. And, I mean, I wonder if that's something that um, the Virginia phrase
0: lawyers will bring up. Oh, I have this piece of evidence, Exhibit B, and he pressed play. <laughs> I'm sure when this trial comes to, if it does, go to court, and it is in front of a jury, it's going to be so interesting to hear both sides
1: because I just feel right now that we are we're in the eye of a storm yeah. I, I was saying to someone the other day it's like every single week there's something new that comes out like you think it's not calming down because obviously you know both legal teams are ramping up to what could be a trial Yeah, But it just seems there's like little bits that are coming out of the woodwork every so often. And I don't know, it doesn't matter what Andrew does, it just doesn't look good.
0: I, I I just feel so sorry for the Queen. This is her year of celebration and she's got all of this, you know, stuff from other members of the family to deal with. She should be celebrating. She should be putting her feet up and enjoying this year.
1: I know, it is one of those. When is it? When is it ending? It's never ending. It's like COVID. It's never ending. I know. Yeah. I mean, next week we'll probably have another update for you, royal community, and be like, "Oh, this has come out now." (laughs) Royal community, what do you
0: think about Prince Andrew? These denials of his. What do you think of it tarnishing the Platinum Jubilee coming up? What do you think of the the whole thing? Let us know. Come over to Instagram. At keeping up with the Windsors pod. You can email us keeping up with the Windsor's
1: pod at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star rate. And we want to say thank you to everyone that has done that so far. And we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And don't forget we also have a YouTube channel, Keeping Up the Windsors. So we'd love it if you would join us over there as well. So that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week on Keeping, Keeping Up With the Wizards.